0: The battle of Jericho, Joshua with the battle, the battle of Jericho, Joshua with the battle, the battle of Jericho, the battle of Jericho, the battle of Jericho, Joshua
1: with the battle, the battle of Jericho, Joshua with the battle, the battle of Jericho, the battle of Jericho, the battle of Jericho, the battle, the battle of Jericho. Joshua, the, battle of Joshua, the, battle, the Battle of Jericho. The battle, the battle of Jericho. The battle, the battle of Jericho. Talk about your kings, of Gideon. Go on, you can, can talk, talk about your men, of Saul. Go on, on yes, but you can die, man. Good old Joshua at the Battle of Jericho.
2: That morning, Joshua. The Battle of Joshua The Battle of Jericho.
1: The Battle of Joshua The Battle of Another the battle of Jericho, Joshua. the battle draws from Joshua, the battle the battle. Joshua the battle, the battle of Jericho, Joshua the battle, the battle of Jericho. Up to the walls of
2: Jericho. Jericho! He, he with spear in hand. Lord no, and one, Joshua, a a Joshua the battle had my hand. God, oh, my the battle, the sheep, oh, oh, yes.
1: Oh, the battle,
0: oh, the battle, the, battles. the battles. Oh, the should the battle, you the battle of you the You should the battle, you Ad- l- the battle of
2: To the rock hide my face I cried out no hiding place there's no hiding place down here oh the Senate cried out I'm burning too the United States Senate cried out I'm burning too oh the Senate cried out we're burning too we're trying to get to heaven just like you there's no hiding place down here the president he gambled and fell yes the president he gambled and fell yes the president he gambled and fell tried to go to him but he had to go to There's no hiding place down here.
0: Good morning. Good morning, middle. Welcome. Welcome. We're going to invite you to participate in worship with us. My name is Vanessa Lindley. I'm an intern here, and this is Monique today.
3: Good morning, family. Please follow the people prayer and our welcome. So say with me: God of our weary tears, God of our silent tears.
0: We thank you that though we are not all we will be, we are not what we used to be. Thank you. God, all you've
3: done. We, our. we (laughs) oh goodness our voices with the universe to sing praises for you and to liberate with love
0: praise
1: Praise god God, from whom whom all blessings blessings flow will you stand with us and sing the open open open
4: Good morning and welcome again, everyone, to Middle Church. My name's Amanda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm one of the ministers here. And on behalf of our senior minister, the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, and all of our consistory, and all of us who call this place home, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today on this first Sunday of Black History Month, where we at Middle say that black history is American history. But we're gonna do it a little extra special this month because we can. Uh, Is anyone visiting here today for the very first time? If so, raise your hand and keep it up for a minute so we can give you a card and say an official welcome. We're so glad you're here. Where are you visiting from? Long Island, great, welcome. Where are you visiting from? Charlotte, North Carolina, welcome. Who else, yeah? The Bronx, welcome. Who else had hands up? Yes. Brooklyn, what's up? I saw you this week. Yeah, welcome. Hi. Australia. Oh, my goodness. Anybody farther than Australia? Maybe our senior pastor who's in Paris preaching today three times. Welcome. Where are you from? Harlem. Harlem, welcome. You're not raising your hand. I'm like, was there another one? Anybody in the balcony? Let's say hello to all of our online viewers. So glad that you all are watching with us today. They are an important part of our church community. In fact, one of our online um, members who lives in Baltimore recommended that we do a letter-writing campaign, which we are doing today to kick off Black History Month, to get Bayard Rustin pardoned. We recognize that he is one of the saints of the civil rights movement, and he has been wrongly condemned for his sexuality. And we have something to say about that. There are letters in the social hall that you can sign and send to the governor of California. We hope that you'll take part in that campaign today. It's also online if you can't stay and sign a letter. Our book study is kicking off today. We're reading How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. Uh, We hope you'll join that on the fourth floor. Jackie will be doing a race talkback tomorrow after worship on racial identity. Um, we have Michael who's gonna come and tell us another thing that we can do that's special this month.
2: Good morning, Middle. Good morning, Good morning Middle. Good morning. Yeah, there we go. Uh, my name is Michael Dinwiddie. I work with the Middle Project, and we're sponsoring a tour, a walking tour next Sunday, February 9th. It's called Sarah's Fire. It's Black Gotham Experience. It's free for Middle members. You're welcome to come. I made flyers, I put some in the back, but you can also go online for Eventbrite because I put an email on here, but you can do it Eventbrite, that's the way to register. It's free, but you should register for the walk. It's led by Kamau Ware, and um, we'll be meeting here at three o'clock at the church, and you're welcome to join us. Oh, bring a metro card round trip. <laughs>
4: Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Middle Project, for hosting that for us. There are many other things happening in the life of our church. I hope you'll take a look at them either on the screen here or in your bulletin. Uh, A special uh, note about an in-house day-long spiritual retreat that's being led by lay leaders. We hope that you'll take a look at that on the back of the bulletin and, and make plans to join that as well. Uh, I said before that our senior pastor is in Paris today and tomorrow giving lectures and kicking off Black History Month at the American Church in Paris, which is pretty awesome. And we have the honor of having Dr. David Kim in the pulpit with us today. Um, David Kim is actually in Oakland, California now, no longer in Connecticut, but has been a friend of Middles for a long time, um, presenting at our Revolutionary Love Conference and Um, I can tell you that the sermon today will inspire and move you and we are so glad that you are here with us today. One of the things that we do as a uh, church family is that we come together and worship and part of worship is taking a minute to sit in the presence of God, to sit in the presence and the holiness of something that is bigger than us something that is outside of us, something that calls us forward, calls us on in the way of love, even in a week that has felt defeating in many ways. I'm from Kentucky and seeing pictures of white men in camouflage with huge rifles storm the Capitol is gut-wrenching. And yet it's our world, a Senate vote, a Muslim ban, things that seem defeating are things that we can hold together and name as not right in this space. So let's hold all of that because God holds all of that with us. And let's sit now and reflect and meditate in a time of prayer where we will be led in song. Let us pray.
0: Make them hear you, make them hear you. How justice was our battle and how justice was denied. Make them hear you, make them hear you. blame us for the way we chose to fight that sometimes there are battles that are more than black or white and I could not put down my sword when justice was Make them hear you. Go out and tell the stories to your daughters and your sons. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. And tell them in the struggle we were not the only ones. Make them hear you. Heal. Your sword can be the sermon or the power of the pen. Teach every child to raise his voice, and then, my brothers, then. be demanded by ten million righteous men, make them heal.
4: Wow, amen. I'm gonna ask you to stay standing if you can. (laughs) Or join us in whatever feels comfortable for you. But we are going to say now together a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. There is an an, uh, inclusive version that's printed in your bulletin, but I hope that you'll pray in whatever language and whatever way is comfortable to you. Let's pray together now. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed Amen. Make them hear you, middle family, in the peace that you pass with one another. May the peace of God be with you.
5: Today's Gospel reading is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. Hear the word of the Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and the favor of God upon him. Hear the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Lord, in this time of heartbreak and heartache, we ask that you come to us with the fullness and glory of the love that we know is in you and in us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Good morning, Middle. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Middle. My goodness, you are a beautiful congregation. You feel it? You feel it? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, I want to thank you for welcoming me to this grand and historic pulpit. Uh, Every time I come into this space, I'm reminded of what is possible in America. And apparently, it looks like this. I want to thank the staff at Middle for being so welcoming, and I want to praise this choir. My goodness, this choir. <laughs> you know, I, I now live in Oakland, California. I think I would fly here every week just to hear you all. <laughs> My goodness, you feel the Holy Spirit coursing through their voices. Uh, and I do want to thank Amanda. Where's Amanda? She's run somewhere. Yeah. Oh, Amanda, yeah, for um, being so welcoming, and Ben as well. Uh, And of course to thank my dear sister, Jackie Lewis. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. She's never here when I preach, she's now. I think last time I preached, she was in Australia. Now you might think that we're the same person because we're not in the same place at the same time. (laughs) All right. Okay. But I I do so appreciate Jackie, uh, not just as a, a moral leader, but as a spiritual guide because I know that's what she does here so beautifully, so uniquely at Middle. And I also want to acknowledge that, you know, I have friends and family here. My friend Fred Davy from Union Seminary, my friend Michael Roberts and his beautiful daughter Alice, visiting from Brooklyn yonder. <laughs> <laughs> my dear friends Sandy and Les are here, uh, and family, Patty and June and those two beautiful boys. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, there they go, there you go. Uh, and of course, my firstborn, Noah Kim, is here. I want to acknowledge him. Eh? Just a lesson to all the seminarians, if you want to cultivate sentiment with your congregation, bring your firstborn with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to acknowledge my beloved companion, Amy Allison, for coming with me to celebrate and to bear witness. So, I'm here to talk to you about remembering who we are. Remembering who we are. You know, we are in an age defined and shaped by crisis. This week, this past week, which has felt like a decade, which has felt like a century of crises, And in the face of crises, we tend to forget what is critical. I mean, a crisis instills in us things like fear, things like anxiety. I mean, what are the crises of our age? I hear there was something called an impeachment. (laughs) But think about what was operating there for us. There was a hope that law would prevail and good people of good conscience who were elected to office would abide by the law. And we're in a crisis point, in a crisis moment, where we recognize that the rule of law is not something that we can rely on. What do we do then? We're in a crisis of identity as a nation that no longer welcomes immigrants openly. I say this, I am a first-generation immigrant. I'll say it again, I'm a first generation immigrant. I declare this in every space that I enter because I do not want to be afraid. I do not want to be afraid, but I have to admit, when the first Muslim ban happened, what was it? Two years ago, it felt like 50. And there were threats about taking away naturalization rights. And I've been a naturalized citizen since I was four and a half years old. I wasn't this tall, I was this tall, right? And then I felt injected by fear. I had taken for granted the right of citizenship. And then something felt like a crisis in my identity and the crisis in the culture. What is I going to do? What am I going to do in a threat to who I am? Now, the word crisis comes to us from the Latin "crisis," which means judgment, judgment, which itself is borrowed from the Greek chrysus, which indicates an act of separation, an act of separation. I mean, if you think about the crises we're facing around racism and homophobia and xenophobia and other phobias, we feel the crises separating us from our hearts, separating us from who we are such that we are instilled with fear and we begin to forget who we are. Now that is unconscionable. That is unconscionable. And I say this thinking about Black History Month and I think about the history of racism in The United States, this American project, and I offer you a definition of racism, which is the intentional compromise of the integrity of a people. The intentional compromise of the integrity of people. Now, sometimes that compromise can happen from a person to person, but when that compromise comes from the very highest offices and the very highest authorities in the land, you have to wonder what humanity is possible for us as people of color, as queer folks, as immigrants, as women. What integrity and humanity is possible for us? We are born in that moment of crisis and separation to a culture of cynicism where cynicism is the separation of one's heart from the world. So it's the policies of, and I'm going to say his name only once, the Trump administration, are insidious for sure. But the fact that we have law and policy that inflict the intentional compromise of the integrity of peoples is an act of evil. It is inflicting unjustified suffering onto everyday folks. And we are, as we know, in a space like this, in a place like this, warriors for justice. And as warriors for justice, we come to fight not for power, but for those who suffer. We come to meet their suffering not just with anger, not just with bitterness, But I also implore you not to approach the suffering with cynicism, with your hearts separated from them. I mean, what is? is, who are the cynics in the room? Six honest people in a congregation. (laughs) Six honest cynics. For all of you private cynics out there, I mean, what's the lament of a cynic? It doesn't matter. It doesn't pertain to me. And that terrible one, I don't care. I don't care. For evil to be inflicted on us, for the compromise of the integrity of our people to be inflicted on us, and then to be punished twice with cynicism is torrential evil. I don't care. You know, we live in Oakland, California, where the homeless, the houseless crisis is just out of control. It is just out of control. And under bridgeways and on sidewalks, you see hundreds and hundreds of houseless and homeless folks whose dignity is not just questioned, whose integrity is not just compromised, but their humanity is degraded and demeaned. And it is very hard to attend to everybody. And you can feel your own cynicism walking there, like, how do I get through the day walking by this degraded, demeaned humanity, but also attending to their suffering? So cynicism is not something that's easy to fight. The six of you will attest to that. I mean, the cynicism of racism, the cynicism of homophobia, the cynicism of injustice harkens back to that heartbreaking question posed by W.E.B. Du Bois at the beginning of The Souls of Black Folk. Where he says, people come to you with these smiles and half gestures, and they ask you a question, how does it feel to be a problem? How does it feel to be a problem? And we know that this is not just an everyday question, but it's a question of the culture that poses us to people of color, to queer folks, women, and so on, the poor. How does it feel to be a problem? And what are we going to do in that problem space? You know, to be in that problem space, and problem place, and problem identity, is to absorb that cynical hatred that's been coming our way. And it again, instills fear and it instills anxiety, a concern, what do we do? Where do we go from here? And again, it instills a form of amnesia. We forget that we have the capacity to love. We forget that we have dignity, not just for ourselves but in our peoples. Now, I say this at the beginning of Black History Month because I am, myself, somebody who is not just indebted but considers himself a steward of the black freedom traditions. You know, I said, I'm an immigrant. I would not be here standing in this pulpit speaking with you if it were not for the fighters of the civil rights movement and the black freedom tradition. I owe them a debt. I owe them a debt, and I plan to pay it off in spades. (laughs) I am a steward of that tradition, which means I have to attend to it. The black freedom tradition, of course, emanates from the experience of the peoples of African descent. But the gifts of the black freedom tradition are for the entire nation. I mean, amongst the extraordinary things that the black freedom tradition has gifted us, is to say, in the face of impossible violence, of physical violence, of emotional, spiritual, and psychic violence, in the face of impossible violence, the response is one of resilience. The response is one of insisting on humanity, in the constant questioning of their humanity. I mean, from 1619 to the present, things have gotten better and things have got, and stayed the same. White supremacy continues to compromise our integrity and our humanity. But the black freedom tradition did not say that the lesson of being less than human was our fate. They did not say that we had to accept that fate. They did not meet it with cynicism. Black freedom tradition meant evil with hope and with love. How many of us have the capacity to meet evil with hope and love? You know, my people, Koreans, we tend to go for guns and violence but to not choose violence, but to choose peace, which is also to say to choose ourselves is a remarkable, remarkable gift. And the fact that the black freedom tradition did this not just for black folks, but did it for all of us. You hear this? Did it for all of us that moral witness, that spiritual courage, that extraordinary excellence that says in the face of depravity, in the face of austerity, we can have something like abundance. And we can have something like joy. You know, to respond to evil is to rely not on the world as it's been given us. But it's to invoke the imagination. It's to invoke love. It's to say, there is more than this. This is not our fate. There is more than this, and we are more than this. We do not have to accept the accepted lesson that we are less than human. Instead, what do we learn from the black freedom tradition? We are more than enough. We are more than enough. That is a statement of loving abundance, of an abiding joy. We are more than enough. Bring it on. Bring it on. I want to just begin to conclude. Um, You know, amongst the things that happened this week was the tragic uh, death of Kobe and Gianna Bryant. And I've been querying folks, not the least of whom are my son, Noah, about the effects of their deaths. To appreciate the legend of the figure and the person, but also the complexity of that legacy. For some, it triggered the experiences of sexual violence. And for many, it triggered The tragic loss of excellence cut short. Of magnificence. Magnificence. Brought down in a prime. And I have to say that, you know, of course his death and her death, Kobe and Gianna's deaths were tragic, but it also reflected our own struggle with death itself. I'm here as I said, as someone who abides by the tradition of the black freedom tradition, which is also to say the traditions of radical love. And the tradition of radical love says what? You have to love yourself enough to let things die in you in order to live. Radical love says in the face of death, there's still hope and possibility. So we can say in response, to the evil coming our way, that considers our fellow human beings disposable. Think about that. Disposable, like trash. And resist it, and insist on their humanity. Say no one is disposable, that we have to let that part of us die to find redemption to rediscover the worth in people because we are, as Christians, people who have learned the lessons of death. The lessons of death come daily. In reflecting on the birth of Jesus, we know what happens later on in that story. It's an ineluctable death but a death that bears love. So to remember who we are in the face of evil, to remember who we are in the face of crisis, is to say we have love in us. And we are people of radical love. Can you say that? We are people of radical love. This is who we are. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Look at each other in their faces, and your eyes. And see that loving humanity. I began, I said, you are so beautiful. I'm overwhelmed by the radical love in this room. Thank you.
4: We come now to the table, to a table that also calls us to remember who we are. A table that was prepared out of love, a reminder of the one who created it, the one who put it together, called all of us to this table. We come here now.
0: Let us pray. Dear God, May this bread of life and cup of blessing, which we drink, remind us in whole and holy ways to live out and celebrate the life and ministry of Christ. Let the bread and cup of blessing refresh and renew us in all the ways you move and call us to be in this world, with gentleness, peace, love, and faithfulness. Lord, in the midst of the busyness of our lives, May we take time to see you in each other's eyes around all the tables of our lives. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
5: All praises to you, O God. We are thankful for this bread of life. We are no longer hungry because of the bread of life, the bread that gives us strength to serve you in a most excellent way. Every time we come together at this table with this bread, we remember you and all the saints before us.
4: We praise God for God's goodness and guidance, and we thirst no more because of the cup of blessing. Every time we drink of this cup, we remember God's blessing
3: to us. All is ready. Come forward. Partake in the bread and the cup. Feast on the bread of life and have your thirst for justice quenched. Mm. With the cup of blessing, all are welcome at this table. Amen. Amen.
4: Our ushers and deacons and children will come forward now. We are using now wafers that are vegan and gluten-free so everyone can eat from the same plate The table is ready, let's feast together.
3: On my journey now, Mount Zion. On my journey now, Mount Zion. Well, I wouldn't take nothing, Mount Zion, for my journey now, Mount Zion. One day, one day, I was walking along. Well, the elements open. And the love come down, Mount Zion. On my journey now, Mount Zion. On my journey now, Mount Zion. Well, I wouldn't take nothing, Mount Zion, for my journey now, Mount Zion. Well, I went to the valley, and I didn't go to stay. Well, my soul got happy and I stayed all day Mount Zion. On my journey now, Mount Zion. On my journey now, Mount Zion. Well, I couldn't take nothing, Mount Zion. For my journey now, Mount Zion. You may talk about me. Just as much as you please Well, I'll talk about you When I get on my knees, Mount Zion On my journey now, Mount Zion On my journey now, Mount Zion Well, I wouldn't take nothing, Mount Zion For my journey now, Mount Zion on my journey now mount zion on my journey now mount zion well i wouldn't take nothing mount zion for my journey now mount zion
5: Holy One, grant us courage and wisdom for the living of these days. Increase our faith, maintain our hope, sustain our love. Let us continue to magnify your wondrous love in refreshed, welcomed, welcoming, and affirming ways. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us now and for all time. Amen and amen.
6: Hello, middle. Hello, middle. I still don't have it.
4: This one work? He's got red.
6: Hello, middle, whoa. (laughs) First, despite what your bulletins are telling you, I am not Ivan Anderson. As those of you who know both of us are aware, he's far better looking. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Rod Colburn, and uh, I've been a member here at Middle Now for about 13 months. Uh, and uh, It has quite literally changed my life. What a place, love period. And what an ambition to believe that we can change the world with nothing more than that uncompromising, everybody else first love that Jesus so radically and delightfully modeled. Wow, it still gives me chills and thrills. Second, the combination of that love period vision and Black History Month are what have taken Jackie to Paris this weekend to talk to the American church there about how love changes our perspective on race as well. Everywhere she goes outside of middle in other congregations at rallies on the vote common good tour with the big orange bus, the message is the same. Love will change the world if we simply start to sell out for it. And that change is starting to take hold last weekend a group of nine, including two Colorado resident members of Middle, met in Montrose, Colorado, to watch the Middle 2018 CBS Christmas special and imagine what love period looks like on the western slope of Colorado. This movement is moving. Finally, it's not quite true, as you might have heard, that all we need is love because movements also need sold out people who devote whatever they have to being the change that the world needs. Time, talent, and treasure. This is bonus season for those of you in financial services and the law. A big part of my bonus will go to support the movement this season. And I appeal to those of you in the bonus professions to join me in doing the same. As we just heard from Dr. Kim, this is go time. Let's sell out. And if you haven't formally joined the movement yet, please find Amanda after the service up here at the stage and take the plunge. It may change your life too.
1: day, my Lord, my Lord. Are you ready, my sister? Oh, yeah. Are you ready for yes. the journey? Oh, yeah. Do you want to yes. see your Jesus? Oh, yes. I'm waiting for the chariot because I'm ready to go.
6: O oh, great love, please multiply our gifts like the loaves and fishes by the sea in each of your many names. Amen.
4: Isn't it wonderful that we can worship at a place like Middle, or on the first Sunday of Black History Month, Dr. Kim brings the word. Amen. This is the type of movement building that we need. We need each other. We need to be the type of people who some of us may watch a football game today. And at the same time, we can say, we have a lot of work to do in the way we talk about indigenous people in this country. Amen. We are the type of the people who, in the line of W.E. Du Bois and the Black Freedom Movement, we can ask a new question. We can say, "What, what does it feel like to be divine? Can we ask that question to each other? Can we ask that to ourselves, knowing that God has made every single one of us divine? And that is what we need to hold as we move forward in love and justice in this world. Go in peace, you are loved, amen.